There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we get started with this episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things to talk to you about. First, thequantedge.com. They are ramping up the NFL season for your DFS needs. They started off last year with the NFL. They crushed it. They got into NBA. They got into MLB. And now they're bringing back NFL with much, much more to offer. The, some of the new tools are amazing. Some of the articles, the more content. They got the Power Hour DFS guys with Hodge and Proctor. So much going over at thequantedge.com. And I'm a contributor in the baseball world over there. And if you buy the MLB season package for $149.99, it's a hell of a deal. It gets you all the tools, gets you the member discord, gets you the articles. It is worth every penny if you want to be serious about playing NFL DFS. You get the rest of MLB free when you use promo code Bubba. So go to thequantedge.com. Get the NFL season pass for $149.99. Use promo code Bubba. Get MLB free for the rest of the season. If that's uh, your bag, go for it. If not, if you want to try a new way to play daily fantasy sports, if you're into prop bets, go to Thrive Fantasy. Check it out in your app store. Thrive Fantasy is a great way to play prop bets. they got football, basketball, baseball. They're into the PGA world now. It is a ton, a ton of fun. And when you use promo code SPORTSDGENS, all one word, SPORTSDGENS, you get a free $10 when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So go check them out. Thrive Fantasy, promo code SPORTSDGENS, gets you what you need there. Last but not least, if you can leave a rating and review on iTunes, I'd much appreciate it. It would help the podcast out a ton and would help me out and mean a lot to me. Now, to Bench with Bubba, episode 192 with our good buddy Matt Bowie of Razball.com, previewing the AFC and NFC North for the fantasy football season. Back everybody to another episode of Bench with Bubba, episode one ninety two. Got a special guest coming back to the podcast to talk a little football, fantasy football with us. He's been on the show a couple times. You can find his work over at Razball.com. He's on Twitter at Razball underscore mb. Matt Bowie, how we doing, my friend? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks again for having me on again. Um, we talked to each other last year around playoff time. 
I think, yeah. uh, 2018 yeah. playoffs. So it's it's been a good seven, eight months since we've, we've spoken, but I'm uh, really happy to be back on. Yep, I'm glad to have you, and I'll, I'll have you again throughout the season to, to do some weekly stuff. But uh, it's always great having you, and your guys at Razzball are always a good time. And you got some cool things popping up at Razzball these days. Why don't you let everybody know what's going on? Yeah, so I assume this will be coming out on Thursday. Yes. So if you listen to the podcast the day of, there is still time to sign up for the Razzball, and it's uh, brought to you by us at Razzball. Um, Created by Donkey Teeth, who is a great asset to Razzball. Uh, him and B-Don, they're fantastic dudes. Um, anyways, this is a best, a modified best ball tournament. It's um, not exactly like the Scott Fish Bowl, but similar as to where it's going to be. It's going to be analyst heavy, but we do have fan spots and it sounds like there's going to be 40 to 50 fan spots and we have had a pretty decent sign up but I mean there's from a fan standpoint there's a better chance of you getting into this uh than it is uh Scott Fishbowl which had 12,000 people sign up um but yeah I mean if you sign up for this I mean it's probably got a 30 to 50 percent shot of getting in uh, you're playing against the top tier analysts in the game I mean, we've got Andy Barons from Yahoo, uh, Danny Kelly from from The Ringer. Uh, we got Brad Evans from Yahoo. Uh, Rudy ended up getting a ton of guys from the from Yahoo. Uh, Rudy Gamble from our site is going to play. Um, and we're basically, I think it's going to come down to 12, 13, 12 team leagues, which is going to be really fun. And we're going to have a trophy for uh, first place overall. Um, there's going to be subscriptions that you can win t-shirts, t-shirt packages. I mean, just great prizes for a tournament that's free and it's an opportunity to play against uh, some people that you read every week during the football season or preparing for your drafts. So you can um, find the post on rasball.com or I'm sorry, it'd be football.rasball.com. We tweet it every day. So you can follow me at rasball underscore MB. And it's going to, it's going to be on my timeline. I'll be tweeting it repeatedly tomorrow just to get the last of the people signed up. So um, please join us. Uh, This is the first year we're doing this. We're really excited about it. And we'd be really excited to have you join. you're, You're playing Bubba. Yes, I'm in it. I'm in it. You're in it. There's a lot of really cool people in it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. A lot of guys that have been on the show or are friends of the show or, you know, all kinds of good stuff. Some of the best of the best are going to be in this. So it's a ton of fun. Great format. I believe I saw one of your guys tweeted out. It's very similar to the concept of the TGFBI for baseball, except like the Scott Fishbowl or unlike Scott Fishbowl also, like you said earlier, a lot of uh, just fans and listeners and viewers can get in on it, which you can't do in a lot of those other leagues. So it's going to be really, really cool. I'm glad uh, to be a part of it since year one, and I can only imagine where it's going to go after this with the, the personalities you guys got over there and the uh, creativity that takes place over at Razzball.com. So it's going to well, be really thank awesome. Thank you very I can't much. Can't wait for it. Yeah, just uh, another quick another quick word on it um, with the modified best ball thing that I kind of forgot to mention. It's uh, So it's going to be best ball in the way that you don't set your lineup every week. But – uh, so, I mean, this makes the draft really important, but uh, you will get $10 of fab each week. It, it, it'll it be weekly fab instead of season long. So you get $10, $10 um, 
in fake money that you can spend on free agents every week. So it should keep everyone engaged. It should keep um, your league nice and fun. So uh, we're we're really looking forward to it. Yep, going to be a blast. And I know I'll talk about it a lot throughout the season on this show. Probably have some more Razzball guys on there because I've already talked to you. Well, before I even knew this was happening, Donkey Keith's coming on in a few weeks and a few other guys. Awesome. So, yeah, the Razzball guys will be wet represented on the, the podcast per usual. And we'll, uh, we'll cover it quite a bit, I think, throughout the season. So looking forward to that. Let's get into it. We've done the AFC East, NFC East. We've done AFC South, NFC South. We go to the North, where offense isn't always a plenty, but it's some hard-nosed real football and a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> and there is some good fantasy value here and there, not like some of the other teams we talked about. But this is the, how the cookie crumbles. And we start in the AFC North. You're defending North champions Baltimore Ravens for 10-8 and eight last year. And, you know, there's the legend, Mr. Elite himself. Joe Flacco's out of town now. It's Lamar Jackson's show, and we saw what he could do in a temporary order. Uh, the, the receiving situation's kind of messy. You got uh, Marquise Brown, Jordan Lastly, Willie Sneed. It's, it's a disaster, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- tight end, Nick Boyle, Hayden Hurst, not great either. The running game's interesting. We'll talk about them in a minute, but let's start with the passing game here. Lamar Jackson, one of the things people love about Lamar is the fact he runs for days. What's your thoughts on a guy like Lamar Jackson who, when we look at um, Fantasy Pros consensus ADP through all the different sites, Lamar Jackson is the 19th QB off the board right now. How do you look at Lamar Jackson? I actually have met 17. Um, I think the passing efficiency can come up a little bit, and that would be very beneficial for him because, like you said, he can run the ball. He does have that ability to get you – uh, five to seven to who knows, 10, 10 points just on the ground uh, per week, depending on um, how active he, his legs are. But I expect him to get better as a passer as, as he plays more games in this league. Um, he's got, he doesn't really have any better names around him, but it, it'll all be about formations and, and um, how they run that offense to cater to him. And I think they'll find a way to do it. So I think he has QB one potential in 12 team leagues and he's going to be coming for uh, a mid QB two price. So I, I think he's a bargain. I know everyone at Razzball is a big fan. Rudy, put out a a big thread um, talking about him and um, how much of a value that he thinks he is. So, I mean, he's he's dirt cheap for someone who has a very unique skill set. Let's have some fun with this real quick. Uh, So, Lamar Jackson, I echo everything you have to say, the way he can run, how valuable valuable that can be. We've seen it with guys like Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. We're going to see it with, um, with a few others this year. Um, as they come onto the forefront and, and Kyler Murray and company, you know, I said he's going 19th overall right now, going 20th, Josh Allen, another guy that used his legs like crazy last year, not the most consistent passer, but we saw uh-huh. like in the second half of the year was a tremendous fantasy asset. How do you kind of yeah. like, who would you rather have out of those two? Uh, whichever one's left on the board, honestly, because I have Josh Allen ranked 16th in QBs. And like I said, I have Lamar Jackson ranked 17th. So with, with Josh Allen, there was, um, I mean, that four game stretch at the end of the season where he had at least 90 or I think it was at least 90 yards and four out of the last six games. And he was the number one overall QB from week 12 on last year. Um, and, 
basically they both have legs, but it comes down to me thinking that Josh Allen probably has a little better, a little bit better of an arm and a little bit better of a receiving core. So I think I would slightly have Josh Allen ahead of him. And you just nailed the part that kind of separates it from me is that receiving core. Let's talk about that receiving core for the Baltimore Ravens. Willie Sneed, who he's serviceable as like a random streamer for 50 yards every every year or every week so exactly like he's serviceable in a ppr as like a third or fourth receiver but then it's kind of up in the air right now you know they, they drafted a lot of guys you have jordan lashley marquise brown miles boykin chris moore michael floyd it's like the names are not sexy at all mm-hmm. how do you see this situation breaking down in baltimore with the receiving situation i mean like you said willie sneed is gonna have average games. I mean, he's a streamer. Uh, Marquise Brown is probably the only one who has a shot at really being anything. And I just don't really trust rookie receivers in fantasy football. Um, it, it, it just doesn't pan out that often. They need a year or two, and it's the same with the tight end position. The only thing I really find interesting in the passing game is Mark Andrews as a tight end, too. Uh, he's going off the board around tight end 20-ish or so. I mean, late teens to early 20s. Um, I think he has the potential to be a uh, plug-and-play for your bye weeks or maybe even um, if he's impressive like he was at the end of last season, maybe he can uh, maybe he can be in your lineup every week. But as far as any excitement for anyone, I think it's uh, Mark Andrews about as close as I'll get. And that's at the tight end position, not the wide receiver position. Yeah, that's how bad it is. That just sums it up real quick for you. But what can be a little interesting is the running back core. Like, you already got Lamar Jackson. We know he's going to run a lot, so that does take a little bit of a way. But they bring Mark Ingram into town, uh, and he's very successful in New Orleans. He still has some tread left on those tires. Yet Gus, the Gus bus, Gus Edwards, who we've seen do some things from time to time. Kenneth Dixon, if worse comes to worse, is there. But yeah, Gus Edwards, you got Mark Ingram. Could be an interesting one-two punch. How do you look at that situation? Because you're going to get these guys at pretty good value come draft day. It really could be interesting. Um, it was frustrating last year uh, in my main league. I mean, I had uh, – it was Javoris Allen and, gosh, I forget who uh, – is Buck Allen and who is the other one? Oh, it's gone now because uh, I drafted him yeah. everywhere. What the hell's yeah, his name? Yeah, so now? did I. I can't oh. remember. Oh, I think I, I tried to I, scratch I, it out of my brain. I know, but I owned them both, and it was the most frustrating season that I had. It, that the most frustrating part of my fantasy football season, and that it, I, I fear that's what's going to be with uh, Mark Ingram and uh, Gus Edwards. Is uh, you don't know who who's going to put up the big, big game from week to week. Alex uh, Collins. Alex Collins. I had to look it up. (laughs) I don't even think he's in the league anymore, to be honest. I'm not sure. I I saw his name. Yeah, he's still a free free agent right now. Yeah, I I didn't think anyone picked him up. But, yeah, it was super frustrating. And uh, I think Lamar Jackson being a part of this is, is a problem. I mean, if you want to go for namesake, if Mark, or Mark Ingram falls in drafts, then that's probably the only direction that I'd really go. But you're going to have to handcuff him, and you're going to have frustrating weeks where you're starting one of these guys, uh, most likely Mark Ingram, and he's not going to return uh, value for your starting lineup. And I – the Ravens just aren't that exciting. 
except for Lamar Jackson. They're going to play a lot of dirty, low – like their defense is going to be fun again, like usual. That's going to be something big because they're going to be in a lot of tight, close games. Uh, Mark Ingram's the 26th running back off the board in PPR leagues right now. He's going ahead of guys like Kenyon Drake. Would you rather have Kenyon Drake or Mark Ingram? I would absolutely rather have Kenyon Drake. Sony Michelle or Mark Ingram? Uh, neither. The fun one that's kind of like the buzz of buzzes, and we'll talk about it more later, but just for this fun, David Montgomery of the Bears or Mark Ingram? David Montgomery just for the potential. All right. So, yeah, there's a there's more. I think we could have played that game for a while there. It's pretty Pretty interesting when you check yeah. that whole situation out there. Twenty second off the board isn't as cheap as I thought you were going to get them for. No, no. All right, let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Nine, eight, and one last year. You know, Antonio Brown's out of town. Lev Bell's out of town, and these guys still have weapons. Really good weapons. You got Big Ben back in town. As long as that behemoth factor is swinging it around, you got some options. Yeah. He still has Big Juju, who is depends on who you talk to. He could be as high as number one. Or as low as like five or six, which is still outstanding because the sky, like, it depends if they believe he's getting Antonio's targets or not. Um, he's got some Dante, Dante Moncrief help. You got Vance McDonald at the tight end position. This passing game is still very loaded, Matt. First off, with yeah. Ben, he, with Ben, he's going like uh, 12th or 13th off the board, right behind Kyler Murley, right before Tom Brady. How are you looking at Big Ben this year? He's getting older, but he keeps getting it done. Yeah, he does keep getting it done. And I think a big part of that was Antonio Brown. So I'm, I'm pretty far down on Big Ben as far as uh, I'm I'm lower than the consensus. Um, I don't think he's going to throw 675 balls again this year. I think James Conner is going to be a big part of this offense. Um, I think the other running backs may be involved in the passing game, like Jalen Samuels um, and Benny Snell. I think they might they might get some looks. Um, I think it's going to be a struggle for Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's going to see a lot of a lot of double teams. I, I know he has been successful in the past um, when it comes to uh, Antonio Brown not being on the field and him having big games. Uh, Juju had 166 targets last year, and I don't – I mean, I can see it increasing a little bit, but – with all the attention that he's going to get, I just don't know if he's going to see uh, much more than he's already seeing on the on the field as far as throws from Big Ben. I do agree with you on Vance McDonald. I am a I'm a big fan of Vance McDonald. Uh, the the targets do have to go somewhere, even if they aren't as many as um, as they were last year coming from Big Ben. So Vance McDonald, I I think is a solid solid tight end one. Uh, in the six to seven to eight range. Um, as far as the rest of uh, James Washington and uh, Dante Moncrief are both stabs in the dark as far as uh, who could come in and be a, a solid wide receiver too and click with Ben really well. We haven't seen much from James Washington uh, so far in his career from his rookie year. We, he had a couple of uh, 30 yard catches, but not not much at, other than that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what's going on in in Pittsburgh. I I just feel like there's so much value in the quarterback position going in the 15 to 20 range that you really don't need to uh, take a gamble on Big Ben. Like I'd almost rather take a stab at a Jimmy Garoppolo. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. So, see that where, where Big Ben likes to fit in for me, and I know this is the lazy answer on podcasts. But he's like that best ball guy because he's going to have like five or six games where he just goes off the charts. 
And then, and then throws game like six fun. interceptions. Exactly. So it's like week to week's a headache, but as like just, you know, if you draft two or three quarterbacks on the best ball team, I got no problem having Big Ben on there because he's going to go off at some point in time, a couple times throughout the season. That's a known fact. I, th- I think analysts are really underestimating how big of an impact Antonio Brown actually had. He had some really bad seasons without him uh, before, before he got there. And I know he was just growing as a quarterback, and he won a couple, couple Super Bowls. And uh, But, I mean, it, there were some not great – times when uh antonio brown was not on the field that's true it's very true and he's always had multiple weapons where now like you said it's it's juju i mean multiple weapons at the right receiver position and right now it's just juju and like you said is it going to be moncrief is it going to be the others like we don't really know because even juju when he went off last year it wasn't every game but antonio was there for a lot of it and and teams had to, to plan accordingly so on and so forth so that does have a major impact, even in the Super Bowl years of San Antonio Holmes and Plaxico. Like there was multiple guys yeah. getting it done. It's not just Juju running around out there as good as he is. It could get interesting for sure. So yeah, that'll be uh, fun to see how it goes. And Vance McDonald, Ben does love his tight ends, especially in the red zone. So that's one thing that will probably never change, especially if and there, um, there's no more Jesse James. So exactly. uh, I think that's that very, question very mark week in a week out. That was always fun. Um, so you mentioned yeah. what. You mentioned with Juju, you're, 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 you like him as a, as a receiver. You're just not super high on him. So like I Hopkins, mean, I'm not super low on him either. I think I have him at wide receiver seven. That's why I was going to ask you. Because like, you got like Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, OBJ are all going ahead of Juju. I'm assuming you agree with that. Yeah, that's who I have as my top five. Okay, so then right after then, him right, right now is Antonio Brown. You have Brown over him? No, I have Brown at like ten. I, I, uh, not not a real big Derek Carr fan, and not yeah. a real big uh, John Gruden in the passing game fan. Two very good points. Uh, uh, yeah, um, I have Keenan Allen actually. Ooh, I can't argue that I'm a big Keenan Allen fan. So I, that is yeah. the that is the one person that uh, the uh, consensus does not have ahead of Juju Smith Schuster that I do have. So uh, I'm not. I'm not I'm not fading Juju Smith-Schuster. I think people who haven't ranked as wide receiver one are getting a little excited and kind of forgetting that defenses can plan for a certain player. Yeah, so uh, I, I know I know Juju I know Juju is really talented, and I think he will have monster games. I think he'll have a a nice thirteen hundred, fourteen hundred yard type season. Um, we'll see what happens in the red zone, and um, we'll we'll see what happens game to game. But um, I. I'm not ready to call him the uh, a, a top three wide receiver yet. All right, let's go to the running back situation. James Conner, great season last year in place of Lev Bell. Uh, he's the eighth running back off the board in PPR leagues right now. People are some people believe you know he's going to keep doing the big boy things. Some think Jalen Samuels in his second year is going to take a lot away from him mm-hmm. there. How do you mm-hmm. look at Conner and Samuels in that Pittsburgh backfield? I think it's James Conner. James Conner's backfield to lose. Um, like I was saying in, before when I was talking about Big Ben, I think Samuels will be involved in the passing game. Um, he will see some carries, but I can see 70% of the work going to James Conner, and that'll be just fine. I mean, we watched this guy run the ball last year. Um, he is great at breaking tackles. Uh, I don't think there's anyone who is talented enough in this backfield to take James Conner's job away from him. I mean, 
he's a very humble dude. Uh, you can tell in interviews that he's hungry. Um, it, it's not like a personal thing, like he wants what's best for the team or whatever. But I mean, this is this is a really focused guy. Um, he came in last year and he was fantastic. Uh, Pittsburgh didn't lose a step going from uh, from well, I mean, obviously maybe a little <laughs> going from Le'Veon Bell to James Conner, but I mean. Not very much. I mean, this guy was uh, this guy was a, a top performing uh, running back. I mean, he was a running back one. Uh, the only concern with James Conner is it can he withstand sixteen games of punishment? And I personally believe he can. Um, he had an unfortunate ankle injury that that ended his season last year. But I mean, it's that's the running back position. I mean, you're rolling the dice every time you draft a running back, but just for upside alone, I think he's a, a end of the first round type type player. Like if you're on the wheel, take him and uh, and uh, a, a top four Even or five Allen. receiver, whatever. Yeah, wh- whatever's left on the board. And then um, I think you're off to a really good start with James Conner and uh, X wide receiver. So I think uh, I, I'm pretty high on James Conner. I actually took him uh, with the eighth pick and uh, the Scott Fishbowl. I uh, was kind of holding out for David Johnson, but he didn't quite make it to me. So I, I ended up with James Conner, and I, I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, I think James Conner's going to be just fine. The people that are kind of hating on Conner kind of surprised me a little bit. But um, I think just watch the watch the tape. I mean, the guy can monster. run. The guy can the guy can break tackles. And they were not afraid to give him a heavy workload last year. That was the thing. It's not like he was just getting you know fifteen, maybe twenty touches on a game. Like he was getting a workload. Like they were giving him the yeah. ball. In the, in the rushing and the receiving game, we've already talked yeah, about. Caught, Juju. It, we've already talked about Juju's the only guy in town, so they're going to have to give someone else the football to help Big Ben out. Like I think this is, I don't know, I think Connor's in for a great play. Yeah, I mean, he caught fifty-five balls last year as well. Like you mentioned, uh, him being involved in the passing game, and there's no reason to not consider that uh, sort of an expectation if if he can stay healthy. But I mean. Pete, Mike Tomlin has been alluding to that uh, James Conner is a guy. James Conner himself has been alluding to that he doesn't expect his role to change. I mean, the whole freakout was uh, like an offhand comment by the GM. So, I mean, that's what everyone's freaking out about. And I think it's making him uh, a really good value. I mean, sometimes he's falling into the into the second round. And um, if I'm at the end of the first round, I think it's a great value to grab him there. So. Uh, no. like James Conner a lot. Yeah, I'm with you there. And then Jalen Samuels, just for shits and giggles here, he's the 43rd running back off the board. He's going behind guys like Royce Freeman, Kareem Hunt, Jarek McKinnon, right in front of Naheem Hines, Deontay Foreman, Peyton Barber. Is there any interest in grabbing him late, maybe as a running back three? Or do you think, like, are you that hard on, um, you know, it's Conner's job and there's not much room for Samuels here? There's always value in taking a handcuff. Um, I don't want him as my third running back. I'd rather have him as my fourth running back, but uh, it all depends on your draft strategy. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I like Jalen Samuels. I mean, if, if something happens to Connor, um, he's a great asset. And even if he doesn't, I mean, he can be a, he can be a third down back. So um, yeah, I, I like Jalen Samuels. Yeah, we saw what he could do last year when he got the chance, so don't hate that at all. Let's go to the Cleveland Browns. This is kind of the fun part of the AFC North Mm -hmm. here. 
the Browns were seven, eight, and one last year. They made splashes last offseason, you know, drafting Baker Mayfield, getting Jarvis Landry. They weren't done yet. They even had David Njoku last year. They went and picked up OBJ. We'll get to the running backs in a minute. But we let's start with Baker Mayfield, just flat out. This guy showed some I think moxie is kind of a goofy word. You see it in varsity blues. Yeah. But the the dude yeah. was special out there. Like he didn't look like a rookie quarterback that much to me. And he was having fun. It looked like he was still playing college football because nothing really phased him to mm-hmm. me. Like he was just doing his thing, which I love to see. And um, you know, Kitchen you said he's gonna be play calling, it looks like this season. There's a lot to like here with Baker Mayfield. He's one of the uh you know, the higher targets off the draft board. He's the fifth quarterback going right now in drafts. That might be a little high, but maybe not. What's your take on Baker Mayfield? I actually have Baker Mayfield as my QB three. Um, I, Wait, I absolutely uh, love. Who's your top three? It is uh, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield. Okay. Um, yeah, I the OBJ uh, acquisition was absolutely fantastic. They're going to mesh. They should mesh together really well. As far as Baker Mayfield loving to throw the ball downfield, and that is where uh, Odell Beckham Jr. excels. Um, so I think it's it's an absolute match made in heaven. Uh, Freddie Kitchens was the right guy to bring in. They brought in Todd Munkin as well. I think that's a really a really good combo um, in the in the um, bringing up uh, Baker Mayfield early in his career. They. Jarvis Landry, I mean, this guy always gets forgotten. He he's a a great underneath guy. Um, he'll be he'll be fantastic for him as well. David Njoku is entering his third season, I believe. And uh, last year, he six hundred yards, fifty fifty six catches, I think. Um, did a little damage in the red zone, five or six touchdowns. Um, I expect him to grow a little bit. So yeah, I mean, everything that's going on this offense is is built for Baker Mayfield to succeed. And I have no problem um, going out on a limb for this guy and saying that he will be a top three quarterback this year. Um, and just, just with every, with everything, just all the dominoes kind of falling in and making him successful. Yeah, no, I, I like this guy. Like you said, second year, more confidence, the OBJ edition, uh, him and Njoku did have a great rapport. I think I know myself for one and others, wanted that to kind of be more like the talent of Njoku is freakish for a tight end. We just never really saw it completely. And now you throw another weapon in there. Jarvis Landry was so good early in the year, kind of fell off, still productive, but not what we saw early, but all these weapons for Baker, it just seems like the sky's the limit there. I like the call on three because pretty much everywhere you look, you got Mahomes, you got luck, you got Watson. That's pretty much a consensus top three in a lot of places I've looked. So I like the stones that you put out there putting him at third and you got your, your, you know, you got your reasoning for it. That's logical. So I respect that. That's uh, really big there. Cause I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think many people would be shocked if by season's end Baker is third, like he's that good. Right. Heck Baker could be number one by season's end. He's that mm-hmm. good. And um, so I, I like the fact you're doing it. Cause a lot of guys kind of be timid about things, throw Baker out there. And on the bright side, the other part you can mention here is, okay, you have him third. He's going fifth QB 60th overall. The top three yeah, guys you don't have to 50. pay that price. Exactly. That's the thing is you don't have to pay the price for a guy that has that potential to go all the way up top. So that's huge. Um, when we're talking receivers, I mentioned Jarvis Landry, huge PPR type guy. OBJ's in town. OBJ's, OBJ's a top five wide receiver on a lot of boards. How do you look at those two? Because, and then you also have Antonio Callaway, another deep threat, which really never panned out, but 
Baker did like him. Baker would give it two or three shots a game going mm-hmm. deep to Callaway. Like, if he gets connected a little more, that could have been tremendous. How do you look at those three receivers come draft day? So, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, you can get a first-round value for a second-round price, in my opinion. I mean, we're two years removed from this guy being uh, 1,300, 1,400 yards per season in double-digit touchdowns, and that's playing with a bad quarterback. He's actually now playing with a quarterback that uh, can feed him (laughs) downfield and feed him in the red zone and really – give OBJ a chance to uh, show us what he did in his first couple seasons. It's the only knock on OBJ is uh, his tendency to not be healthy throughout the season, but who knows what was really going on there um, as far as how healthy he was versus uh, how unhappy he was in, in certain situations. Um, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> It's it's tough to I, – I can't believe that some people are leaving the, leaving OBJ out of their top five, um, seeing what he was able to do in his first few years. But at the same time, I kind of get it. Last year was uh, 50-some catches for 1,000 yards. I think he had 58 catches last year, something, something like that. Um, didn't produce in the red zone like he has in years past. But, I mean uh, – if you have OBJ on the field uh, in a playoff contending team for 16 games, there's no reason to believe that there isn't 1500 yard potential here with double, double digit touchdowns. Uh, Jarvis Landry uh, struggled his first year in Cleveland did have some decent games. Um, I think with another year working with kitchens in this offense, um, Working with Baker Mayfield, I think there can be some improvements made, and I think he can end up being a draft day value for you because uh, he is kind of sitting there in the wide receiver 20s area, so you don't have to pay a hefty price for him. I, I'm just a really big fan of this Browns uh, offense. Antonio Callaway is a nice stab in uh, best balls uh, late in your redrafts. I mean, just seeing what you get, seeing if Baker's still going for him deep downfield or if those are – if those are going to Beckham. So um, David Joku, I mean, red zone target, uh, has a pretty high floor in this offense. I think he has a 600-yard kind of five-touchdown floor as long as he's healthy. The guy's just – the guy's built. I mean, he's he's big. He's tall. Um, his problem has always been drops. I mean, so another training camp, uh, another chance to work with him, um, with that coaching staff. I think uh, could be very beneficial for Njoku and he could end up uh, being a value as well. Yeah. I I love this offense. You can get values on a lot of these guys, even if they seem like they're going high. I think this offense is going to explode because unless there's major changes, uh, Pittsburgh, we know doesn't have the greatest defense in the world. Cincinnati's very hit and miss at times. Usually not very good. Baltimore will be good. That's where like those two games will be tough. These other games are going to be fun. Like you're going to be able to move in the division and really make some things happen. Last thing we'll talk about here is the running back situation. Duke Johnson's in town. He wants out. They need him to catch the ball out of the backfield, be a third down type back. Uh, Kareem Hunt's out for a while. Um, that's a whole other story on another day. But Nick Chubb's the man. He got it going last year when he had his chance. This offense seems like it will be spread out with all these weapons we just talked about, but you still have a guy like Nick Chubb with the ability of Nick Chubb, not a big pass catching guy, 
but can run it right down your throat over and over again. He's the 12th running back off the board right now in uh, non-PPR leagues. If we look at PPR formats, which is what more people play than others, he's still the 12th running back over the, on, off the board, 21st pick overall. Are you a believer in Nick Chubb? Because it's almost like you only have so many footballs. How are all the receivers going to eat and Nick Chubb? Yeah, I'm a believer in Nick Chubb, especially where he's going off the board. I mean, these Browns are coming at a discount because – People aren't quite sold on uh, the potential here, uh, despite having Todd Munkin, Freddie Kitchens around, uh, watching Baker Mayfield in the second half of the season, watching Nick Chubb in the second half of the season. I mean, this is a guy who uh, probably got a lot of people uh, a late push into the playoffs um, once uh, Carlos Hyde was traded, if you were able to get him off the waiver wire. I mean, this is a guy who who was uh, an X factor for a lot of fantasy teams. And in real life, I mean, this guy, um, he's competing for 100 yards on the ground every game. I mean, um, he's going to get 20 carries at least. Um, he runs um, he runs really hard. Uh, the only knock on him is he hasn't been the healthiest throughout his collegiate career. Um, and in his rookie season, I mean, he, he pretty much came through it unscathed. So that's great news. Um, but I don't expect... Kareem Hunt to be heavily involved um, in as far as like pretty much all season, really. I mean, I think his peak, as long as Nick Chubb is healthy, coming into a, a team that should be competing for the playoffs um, with with fair, fairly with ease, um, as as long as uh, the defense is as good as as the roster says. Um, if this, if this off or if this team is competing, how can you just throw Kareem Hunt in there after after a suspension? I mean, I I, I think a, uh, ten ten touches a game is probably um, is probably the max that we'll see out of Kareem Hunt uh, th- this season. I, I think Cleveland's just kind of uh, the team that would sign him, uh, kind of as insurance or whatever. I I don't expect Kareem Hunt to be back there next year. Um, I, I expect him to be moved or, or to, <laughs> pardon me, to move on. So um, I, I think this is Nick Chubb's backfield, and I think you're getting him at a value because uh, of Kareem Hunt's name um, and people being scared off. Like, well, if I draft Nick Chubb, then I'm going to have issues because uh, what what am I going to do in the fantasy playoffs when, when he's splitting carries with Kareem Hunt? I, I think this is going to be uh, – the lion's share going to Nick Chubb and Duke Johnson. I mean, they need, they need Duke mm-hmm. Johnson. Uh, they need, he's probably the best backup running back in, in, in the game. Um, if, if you consider him a backup running back, I mean, he, he'll be catching balls out of the backfield still. I mean, he's an unhappy player, but I mean, the, the trade market just isn't there for, for running backs. I mean, we're seeing it with Melvin Gordon right now. No one's uh, sticking their neck out and trying to get a deal done with uh, Los Angeles to, to bring him in. And Los Angeles isn't budging on, um, on paying him, but that's like you said, that's a conversation for another day as well. Um, So I expect Duke Johnson to be there. I expect him to have the same role that he's had in recent seasons uh, as kind of the, uh, the third down back. And I expect, the same kind of performances from Nick Chubb as we saw last year. Yeah, no, that'd be awesome if Chubb can keep going. I agree with the uh, 
the Kareem Hunt stuff. I, I don't see him doing anything really like fantasy super relevant unless someone gets hurt. That's the only way I think he gets mm-hmm. fine. He's an insurance policy. That's all he is. He was going to either Cleveland or Oakland. That was where he was going to land. That's just football knowledge. That's where it was going. Um, yeah, they, they are. They are the land of forgotten toys. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that that's where that's where he was going. But Duke Johnson, he's like one of my kind of like kryptonites. I always want a piece of Duke because in PPR leagues because he's so good in PPR leagues. He can easily get you five for 10, uh, 50 and sneak into the end zone or even more yeah. at times. Like he's so yeah. good in those weeks for bye weeks and stuff. And right now he's picked 168 off the board, the 57th running back. He's going after like Justice Hill of Baltimore, Kalen Balaj, Alexander Madison of Minnesota. Uh, there's guys like Matt Breida, Ito Smith, where you can kind of hold a court, but there's a lot of guys that should, that he should be going over. Basically what I'm saying oh, yeah, is yeah. super late in drafts, super late in drafts. He's absolutely worth a stash. No doubt about it. All right, let's wrap it up with the redheaded stepchild of the AFC North, literally the redheaded stepchild. Yeah. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are 6-10 and 10 last year. And honestly, I don't see it being much better this year. Uh, Andy Dalton, he's still there, folks. He's still there. So have fun with Andy Dalton. You got the receiving core of A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd, actually a couple of really good receivers. Boyd just got paid. Uh, people are yep. hating on Green these days, which is – I just don't understand that at all. And then you got Tyler Eifert. When's the last time he had a thousand yard season? True, he gets hurt a lot. He gets hurt a lot. Um, I think he's had two thousand yard seasons out of the last four years or something like that. And I mean, it's yeah. That can be very as, very tilting. As high as high as he's he continues to go in drafts, I I I'd rather take a chance on. Uh, some of the guys who have actually been producing than just, uh, well, if he's healthy, well, this and that, uh, you know. Um, Ty- I'm kind of cut you off a little bit, but I- I'm actually a fan of Tyler Boyd. I have him ranked as my 22nd. Oh, I love I love Tyler Boyd. Well, we saw Tyler Boyd last year. Like, he's going uh, – 20, he's 26th wide receiver out the board. Like, you know, you got Boyd. He's going right after guys like Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett. I think Boyd's yeah. got arguments to be made there. Yeah, I mean, 1,000-yard uh, season last year uh, actually performed better when uh, AJ, as far as fantasy points per game, when uh, A.J. Green was on the field. So yeah. I think that's that's uh, a, a great thing to note when you are looking at Tyler Boyd and you're like, well, is he going to get the work with uh, A.J. Green and uh, how's this offense going to look? And I, I think Tyler Boyd, he's going off the board uh, – late 20s uh early 30s as far as wide receivers go um i think there's great value there um and i'm not quite sure where the discount comes from other than aj green and other than people not being a big fan of andy dalton but um i think this is a guy who can see a lot of targets and uh do a lot with it yeah no that's a very solid value there because aj green's the 35th receiver or 35th player 15th receiver off the board Goes mm-hmm. ahead of guys like Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay. Uh, it's all very interesting there. Like you said, he, he doesn't stay healthy. If he ever stayed healthy, that'd be great. But we could play that what-if game a lot. It depends on if you like to gamble when you pick or not because the talent is elite, as we know. And the ginger rifle loves to throw it to him. Let's talk Andy Dalton. Is there a world besides a 2QB league, and maybe not even a 2QB league, where you're interested in a guy like Andy Dalton? Oh yeah, there are people that love him in best ball. I mean, there there's a we, Marvin Lewis is not there anymore. Uh, Which helps I don't, a lot. It helps a ton. Yeah. Um, 
Andy Dalton is not the most skilled quarterback, um, but he does have rifle in his name, and we've seen that he does have a pretty decent arm. Um, I don't I, I don't I just don't know much about Cincinnati's head coach. Uh, I don't know know a ton about him, but I do know that um, that Andy Dalton can have a decent season in best ball with uh, with some spike games. Um, I think he if you're waiting on your second quarterback uh, in 12 team leagues, I think there's worse uh, directions that you can go. Like I do not like Tom Brady at all this year. I would rather have the upside of Andy Dalton, uh, knowing that he has more weapons at this point in his at this point than uh, Tom Brady does. Uh, I think the New England Patriots will, will be their offense will be based on the ground and on sh- uh, in the short to intermediate passing game. Uh, I can see Cincinnati falling behind quite a bit, so I can see some big second halves for Andy Dalton. I mean, the turnovers will be there, but that's not detrimental for fantasy. I uh, I think he can definitely put up some yards and um, a lot of games with two to three touchdowns. So I think Andy Dalton is uh, – someone to keep your eye on for, for uh, spot starts when you're on bye weeks and just kind of see how the early season goes in Cincinnati because we, we don't know a lot about what's going to happen there uh, besides That's, them probably only winning six games or so. <laughs> yeah, the, the losses will be there, but, hey, that may mean he has to throw a lot to stay in games at the same time. Um, yeah. He's the thir- 30th quarterback off the board. There's guys like named Eli Manning, Marcus Mariota, Dwayne Haskins of the, of the Redskins. I'd, I'd much, I'd much yeah. rather have Andy Dalton than those names. Yeah, I, I got him over Sam Darnold probably too. Like Derek Carr, I get soup. Yeah, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's interesting. I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how much he grows this trade. The, the, the gate, the gaze thing doesn't do it for you. Um, for me, hating Darnold with no, how for slow you, the offense. For you, yeah, for you getting worried about that offense because as a Dolphins fan, I got to witness it firsthand for a couple of years. Yeah, it's it's really it's slow. It's, it's really slow. Um, yeah, it. I mean, we're not paying a heavy price tag, so um, yeah, we'll just we'll see what happens. But I mean, there's definitely potential there, especially with him and uh, Robbie Anderson. Um, we'll see how Le'Veon Bell fits into this. But yeah, I mean. If Adam Gase wants to keep a job, you think he has to kind of uh, kind of grow with the league, don't you? <laughs> You'd think. You'd think. But then again, John Gruden's <laughs> still in the NFL. So I know. It. It's, it's, it's the dumbest league. Yeah. Let's go to the running back situation here. You got Joe Mixon. You got Gio Bernard. Joe Mixon was a monster last year when healthy. Mm-hmm. That is a big mm-hmm. thing here with, with these guys. But he was really, really good. Right now, he's the 10th running back off the board, about six pick 16. He goes after James Conner, Todd Gurley right before Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, and Damian Williams. How are you looking at Joe Mixon this year? Because we know that the talent is elite when he's on the field. Yeah, I think the draft price is right about where it should be. And um, if I'm in the middle of the second round and he's sitting there, I have no problem taking him, and I'm not going to argue with anyone who does. Um, he does have uh, elite footwork. Um, he it's all going to come down to if Cincinnati can make some improvements on the offensive line, if they can get into the red zone enough for him to score enough touchdowns, to live up to his, his draft day value. But as far as a pure talent, um, 
Joe Mixon is probably a guy I'd rather have than Dalvin Cook because uh, Joe Mixon is someone who has been able to stay on the field a little bit more, uh, does not have the the torn ACL, does not have uh, the hamstring issues from, from last year. I forgot what uh, kept Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had a, a slight knee issue last year. I forgot exactly what it yeah. was, though. But uh, nothing as serious as Dalvin Cook, so that's a name that I'd rather have Joe Mixon over at this point but yeah middle second round is is the perfect spot for him um there's plenty of upside there um so yeah it'll it'll be uh cincinnati is going to be interesting to see no doubt about it let's move to the nfc north fun division as well chicago bears won it last year 12 and 4 uh in year one of the matt Nagy regime and he's back again year two for mitchell trubisky at the quarterback position uh, Matt, there's a lot of guys that are high on Mitch Trubisky. Before we get to the receivers, let's just talk Mitchell for a minute. He can run. He can pass. Uh, people really, really like this guy to the tune of uh, QB 18 off the board. I have him 15th. Uh, he's sneaky. He's sneaky in the running game. I mean, there's a lot of third uh, third down QB draws on third and short. Uh that Nagy keeps in this offense and uh, Mitch Trubisky uh, executes them well. Um, I, the passing game, it, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I um, we'll talk about the receivers in a little bit, but just uh, seeing how that receiving game grows with him. I definitely think there's a lot of potential there. And uh, I think the floor is uh, higher than people think with Mitch Trubisky. So I think he's a pretty, he had, he had a stretch last year. Uh, it was in October where he went on an absolute tear with 300 yard games. I mean, um, when, uh, when they're playing defenses that aren't great, I mean, this is an offense that can absolutely take advantage of it. And um, so, yeah, I, as, if I'm looking at my quarterback too, uh, there are a lot of guys that I like and Mitch Trubisky is right up there. Yeah. That was the thing with Trubisky last year. Or it seemed like the weeks that he, you know, played a bad defense. He just blew the slate away. But then the other weeks, he was a very good game manager and helped him win football games. Like, he wasn't just stupid winging it around. So he can kind of play with whatever the flow of the game is. And there's a lot yeah, to be said about that. Yeah, he's going to be pretty matchup-based, whether you want him in your starting lineup or not. Um, because, like I said, there are those spike weeks where last year he went off against Tampa Bay to the tune of, like, I think it was six touchdowns, six touchdowns in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in week uh, four or five. So uh, there will, there can be weeks like that uh, if the matchup's right. So uh, yeah, that's definitely an, an option that I would like to have. Let's talk about those receivers. They're not the flashiest of receivers, but they're very good receivers. And there seem to be a rapport slowly being built between Mitchell and these guys, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Anthony Miller. Uh, all kind of do their own thing. Allen Robinson is the OG in the group, but uh, Taylor Graviel and Anthony Miller, especially, they've shown some signs of life uh, as being some big players at times in PPR leagues. How do you assess the receivers? First, I want to know that Anthony Miller, Anthony Miller's shoulder is healthy. Uh, that's a big part of it. If it is, I think he's he's going in the 120s to 130s range, and I think he's a great value there. Uh, this is a guy who had a lot of talent coming out of uh, coming out of Memphis. Um, a guy that a lot of draft heads were uh, pretty big on and he fell to the Bears and they were pretty excited about that. Um, he was able to perform as a pro in his first year in, in some spurts. So um, <laughs> going into his second season, this is a guy that I'm excited about. 
as long as he's healthy, um, I think he can be a, I think he can peak at a, a middle, uh, middle to late wide receiver too. Uh, if everything goes right in his direction, that's not definitely not where I'm drafting him, but I think um, that is the potential that he has. Um, Allen Robinson, um, you know, I expected a little more last year, but um, this is the first year of this offense being together. So, um, you know, what what can you really do? Um, Allen Robinson is going around the early to mid-20s in wide receivers. Um, no problem taking him. Uh, not Personally, not my cup of tea. I like more of the upside guys like uh, Tyler Boyd, the Dante Pettises, the uh, Tyler Lockett's in, in that area. So um, Allen Robinson won't be on many of my teams. Um, Taylor Gabriel, he's may not be the best fantasy wide receiver, but he's good for Mitch Trubisky. Um, he'll help Mitch Trubisky out quite a bit. So um, the problem with this with this wide receiver group is there's no real clear um, Julio Jonesy type player. You know, um, yeah. obviously there are going to be a lot of uh, Julio Jones, but there there's not a, a, a clear cut guy. Uh, I guess you could call Allen Robinson uh, the number one wide wide receiver, but um, I think these guys could end up taking a lot of each other's production. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at on the Bears. It, it just Anthony Miller for me as far as people that I'm going to take on my fantasy team. What about uh, go to the tight end position? Trey Boo Boo, Trey Burton. Everybody loved seeing him go there last year. Kind of an mm-hmm. okay season. It wasn't yeah. flashy. Twelfth tight end off the board right now, and you know after the top three or four tight ends, it drops off pretty quick. So if you have to wait and, and stash a guy later, do you like some upside yeah. with Trey Burton? Yeah, I mean that his draft position sounds about right. Um, as far as what his production was last year and what the what the potential is for it this year, um, he, I mean, you can't you can't um, all of a sudden think this guy is a is a tight end six. I mean, you're you're gonna rather have the Vance McDonalds. Um, you're gonna rather have the David Njoku's. Um, but if you if you're in a league where tight end goes pretty early, um or if you have a tight end premium league uh, and uh, you're you're not wanting to spend your early picks on tight ends, then I think uh, Trey Burton is a, is a fine uh, piece to place with someone else and just kind of see what happens. Nice. Uh, lastly, let's go to the running back situation. Uh, Mike Davis from Seattle's over. You got Tariq Cohen. But the big talk is David Montgomery's in town uh, out of the draft this year. Everybody loves him, it seems like. Everyone says this is the next big thing. Are you buying yeah, he's a really good, David Montgomery? Yeah, he's a really good running back at Iowa State. I, I caught uh, a couple of their their last games in, in his uh, final season with them. I caught the bowl game. Um, he looked really good. Uh, so did Hakeem Butler as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he looks like the real deal running back. Like, he's a three-down back. Uh, he can take the carries. He can take the punishment. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um they already do have a guy who can catch the ball in the backfield, which worries me a little bit. Like, why wouldn't Chicago just increase uh, Tariq Cohen's role a little mm-hmm. bit instead of put, putting this all on a rookie? Um, I think David Montgomery is going a little early for my taste. I do have a piece of him in best ball just because I'm rooting for the guy. Um, he played in my home state, even though I'm a Hawkeye fan. Um, but I, just just out of sheer talent, um, 
I, I do like David Montgomery. It's just going to come down to how training camp uh, shakes out. Um, I don't see Tariq Cohen go anywhere. There's Mike Davis as well. Um, so just what is what is this three-headed monster going to look like? Uh, that's why I think David David Montgomery is going a little early. Yeah, no, and that makes sense. I could see it there. It just seems it's going to be one of those make-or-break picks that some people are really planting their flags on. So pretty interesting stuff there. Let's move on to the Minnesota Vikings, 8-7-1 and one last year. We saw some good things. We saw some really not so good things. But Kirk Cousins is back under helm in year two, and there's a lot of people biting on the Kirk Cousins love. Some oh, not gosh. so much. Some not so much. Are you not biting on Kirk Cousins? I have him in the later teens in the quarterbacks. Um, the first half of the season was so – he finished his QB 12 last year. I mean, he had a really good uh, beginning of the season uh, when he was peppering Adam Thielen and uh, Stefan Diggs. And Adam Thielen went on this uh, this historic run of eight straight games with 100 yards. And Was it 100 yards and a touchdown or just eight straight games with 100 yards? I don't remember. Something like uh, that, yeah. He, he was on, on fire. Yeah. but And then it just stopped. Um, it, and a lot of it has to do with Mike Zimmer. Like, I, I don't want Mike Zimmer's quarterback. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins is a, is an above average quarterback as far as talent level, but I, I don't want to piece him in fantasy just because he, he sunk fantasy teams last year. And I, and I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of Kirk Cousins because I was, I was a believer last year. Um, do I think he can be a QB one? Yeah, he can. He can be a QB one, but um, he's gonna have to um, have to do it for a longer stretch of the season than he did last year, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's gonna be tricky. Like the reason why he was so good in Washington is because they were so bad, so he had to throw it everywhere. Minnesota is actually good, so there, there's a, a few things that their defense is talented, so he's not in a bunch of shoot 'em out type games all the time. But speaking of those receivers, Adam Thielen's a monster. Stephon Diggs, Thielen's the 10th receiver. Diggs the 14th off the board. Both super talented. We know you're not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins, and rightfully so. But we know the production yeah. can be there with these big two. How do you approach yeah. them on draft day? I think Adam Thielen's going to go a little earlier than I want to take him. Um, he was detrimental to uh, fantasy seasons last year in the second half just with uh, – kind of how things shook out. I think this this team's going to lean a lot on Dalvin Cook um, if he's healthy. Um, there is a decent running game in Minnesota. That's kind of the mindset that Mike Zimmer has. Um, Adam Thielen is one of the best wide receivers in, uh, in the league. He's one of the best route runners. He makes some ridiculous catches, uh, puts his body in ridiculous positions to uh, beat the corner and make the catch. Um, it's just it's the disappearance of the targets that happen in the second half of the season. Um, Stefan Diggs, kind of the same thing, but I think I'd rather have uh, Stefan Diggs because he kind of stayed relevant a little later in, into the season. I know this sounds like a lot of recency bias, but when you're taking a wide receiver in the late second round or in the early third round, uh, you want to feel comfortable with your pick and how comfortable can you be with your pick if you're uh, picking – uh, one of two receivers um, who can take work away from each other, um, who have to take balls from from Kirk Cousins, and you you just don't know um, what this offense is going to look like this year with how it ended last year. 
Um, I, I just don't feel comfortable. There's, there's guys that I'd rather have. Yeah, no, that, that's a tough one. At the tight end, they got Kyle Rudolph. We saw like a couple games that were good last year. Overall, yeah. it was rather disappointing. Uh, he's one of those later round guys you can target around the Trey Burton time. Yeah. Do you yeah. have any thoughts on Kyle Rudolph? I mean, um, he has a little bit of competition from the rookie this year. I mean, obviously things don't really pan out for uh, rookie tight ends, but maybe it'll light a fire under him. Um, Kyle Rudolph, I mean, he's going cheap enough that he's worth a stab. I mean, the guy's got a lot of talent. Um, he's done it before. Uh, last year was a bad year, so um, his draft price is lower. So I think he's he's worth a stab in deeper leagues or as a tight end, too, if you take two tight ends. All right. Last but not least, you mentioned Dalvin Cook, that they want to ride him. And I think one reason why Thielen might have had a better first half than the second half is Cook wasn't around much in the first half. Right. So that right. could have had a ton to do with it. Cook is super talented. And what gets real interesting with this is you're going to get a little bit of a value on him because people are nervous about health. He's the 11th running back off the board, 18th pick overall. He's going after Connor Gurley Mixon ahead of Chubb, Williams, and Fournette. How do you look at Dalvin Cook? I think there's a lot of upside here, but it could be scary. Oh, there's as well. a ton of upside. Yeah, it can be scary. I mean, with the injury history. But um, I think he's worth a stab right after Joe Mixon. I mentioned that I have Joe Mixon one spot ahead of him earlier. But right after Mixon, I have no problem with taking Dalvin Cook. Um, We saw some awesome runs from uh, Dalvin Cook in his rookie season before he tore tore that ACL. Um, We saw a little bit of spark towards the end of the season from Dalvin Cook last year when he was coming off the hamstring injury. Um, coming into the season fully healthy with the talent that he has. I mean, this is a guy that can finish as the number one overall running back, or he can finish as uh, the 50th if, if he only plays three or four games. So um, if you're drafting for upside, Dalvin Cook is your guy. Yeah, I'm with you there. When you talk about guys with upside and injury risk, a guy going a few picks after him is Leonard Fournette. Would you still have Cook over Fournette? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to double check because yeah, that no, absolutely no doubt about it. Okay, cool. Let's go on to the Green Bay Packers. Disappointing year for the Lambo faithful. Uh, eight, nine, and one. That can't be right. Um, yeah, they weren't <laughs> good last year. I, looking at my typo there, that can't be right. Seven, yeah, eight, one. Seven, eight, one makes a lot more sense. Yes, yeah, seven, eight, one makes a lot more sense there. Um, but the goat is back. At least one of the goats, depending on who you talk to. But Aaron Devontae Adams. Are you talking about him? Yeah, he well, that's one reason why Aaron Rodgers is the GOAT, that's for sure. But uh, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is back. He's a top four or five quarterback, depending on where you look yeah. at. Um, the dude's awesome. Knee should be healthy. Are you still a believer in Mr. Rodgers? Yeah, absolutely. I have him as QB4 right after Baker Mayfield. Um, with with uh, the Green Bay offense, it's going to be interesting. We don't know a ton about um, what LaFleur wants to do. Uh it has been said that he wants to uh, run a lot of play action, kind of look uh, similar to uh, – I heard Evan Silva talking about this on uh, on his new podcast. Um, kind of look similar to the 2016 um, Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan and using a lot of play action to get people open and running the ball a little bit more and just kind of give Aaron Rodgers more structure as to um, he's not just – being the gunslinger or um, just because um, with the previous re- regime in uh, Green Bay, he, there was really nothing um, 
there, there was really no structure. No, with, it was uh, a mess. Yeah, I mean, it was just Aaron Rodgers doing what he wanted. And um, with this, I mean, uh, we had that ESPN article come out uh, this winter, or was it earlier in the spring, um, talking about how the front office is like, Aaron, this is, um, we want to be competitive. Um, we want, we're going to hire someone you like, but this is um, going to be, uh, you're going to have to follow order a little bit more than you have previously. So, um, yeah, I mean, as far as, uh, as far as a discount, Aaron Rodgers, like I'm really excited about it. Like you don't have to pay a hefty price for him. And uh, this should be one of his better seasons that he's had in the past for two years. So, yeah, yeah. I like it. I like I like Aaron Rodgers with play action. I like Aaron Rodgers with a running game. I love Devontae Adams. I have him as my uh, second overall wide receiver, which we'll get to. Uh, but yeah, I'm I, I'm in on Aaron Rodgers. Like you said, the word discount. People might think you're crazy saying top four, but people are drafting Rodgers in the first round in recent years. So this you're is a this discount. is. Uh, <laughs> This is QB one like every year for the yes. past two or three years. So, Pretty uh, much. so you're, it you're is a discount. a discount. Yep, one hundred percent with you. Uh, let's get to those receivers. Devontae Adams. For people that mm-hmm. might be oblivious to why we we're saying he's like the, you said he was a goat and everything, is he might be the yeah, most consistent wide receiver on the face of the planet. He's going number I know, two. He is. He's going number two right now behind DeAndre Hopkins, and I get it. I'm not going to argue with anybody. But Adams is a monster. He's going with Michael Thomas, Julio. That's like the big four right there. It's like running back has the big four. Receivers got the big four. Um, Devontae's a monster. You can talk about him in a second. But we got Equinus St. Brown. We got Geronimo Allison. It came out today, I believe, that Geronimo Allison said he's going to be out of the slot, kind of the Randall Cobb role. We saw That's how well big. that worked at times. We saw how well that worked at times with Aaron Rodgers. Um, and we'll see if it translates in this regime. But at least we have some structure to look at with his receiving core. How do you approach it? Because Adams, you got to take early. But these other guys, you can get late. Allison's value is going to come up but they're all going to have a a piece of the pie at some point in time. Yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just the green Bay Packers offense. They're all going to have their games. Devontae's going to have a game every week pretty much. Um, And that's, that's why you draft him so high. But I think uh, with what happened today, uh, as far as um, I'd rather have Geronimo Allison than Scantling at this point. And it was a, it was a toss up before that. Um, If, Allison is working out the working out the slot. That is absolutely that is huge in, in Green Bay, and um, you cannot stress that enough. Um, Equanimous uh, St. Brown is going really late, and I, if at all, um, he made it to my last pick in, in uh, the Scott Fish Bowl, and that was who I ended up taking just for uh, the fact that he is going to have a couple games this year. Uh, this is a guy who uh, has the size for the NFL um, yet to see if he does have, ha- does have the um, talent, but he is playing with uh, Aaron Rodgers, So that's uh, something I can definitely buy into, but um, yeah, I mean, Devontae Adams pretty much book it for double digit touchdowns. If he's playing 12 to 14 to 16 games, um, you can book the yardage. I mean, uh, he was pretty close to leading the league in yards last year, too. And, I mean, receptions, PPR, I mean, any format, this this is someone that you want on your fantasy team. Um, uh, you can pretty much book him for almost a touchdown a game, uh, plus the ridiculous amount of yards. Yeah, when you can lock in, like, double-digit fantasy points week in and week out, that's pretty freaking crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it's, it's hard and to find that. That's in standard. <laughs> yes, that's standard. 
PPR, we're talking like maybe 20 plus a week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was, exactly. It was ridiculous. Exactly. He was getting running back one fantasy production. So I know. That it's, all it's together. freaking crazy. It's crazy. And I, I think we, uh, the sky's the limit this uh, this year um, if Aaron Rodgers is who he can be. No doubt about it. Uh, tight end position, Jimmy Graham's still there. We've kind of seen it up and down. Mercedes Lewis is there. Maybe one more hurrah for Jimmy Graham, or are you just going to stick with the receivers in Green Bay? I mean, deeper leagues, if we're playing in 16-team leagues, uh, I have no problem with taking Jimmy Graham as my uh, tight end, too, because that's kind of where his price is going to be. Um, this He still had 600 yards last year. Um, he only had two touchdowns. He just he was not a factor in the red zone like we expect him to be. I was really down on Jimmy Graham uh, last year, but not as down as he ended up being. I think I had him as like tight end nine or ten, and people had him as like tight end five last year because uh, of the excitement of him playing with Aaron Rodgers. But uh, Jimmy Graham is he wants to perform at an elite level. Uh, the quotes from him, he still wants to play at a great level. He's really down on himself from last year. And it, it doesn't just sound like the standard stuff. This this is a guy who wants to perform. Um, would not be surprised if he's able to etch out an 800, 900-yard season and, and end up being a value if he can get a handful of touchdowns as well. Um, so this is a guy that I do want uh, for bye weeks and kind of just seeing how the beginning of the season goes. But um, – it's it's a really discounted price for someone who was uh, going pretty high last year and even higher the year before. No doubt about it. Last but not least, with the running backs up here, and we saw it at times last year when Mike McCarthy was the, being a complete f-tard. But um, Aaron Jones. <laughs> when was, was that? Yeah, that was the problem. Aaron Jones was really really good when they gave him the football, but there were so many games where he touched it like five times, and it was so so tilting on so many levels. Even Aaron Rodgers wanted to give Aaron Jones the ball more, and it didn't happen. That's just right. how bad it was. So yeah. um, Aaron Jones right now is like the 16th running back off the board. You're getting some good value there, I think. So I'd imagine oh, LaFleur Le- used his running backs where he's been before, even though he throws it a lot. I like him a ton. Yeah. What do you got on Aaron Jones? Yeah, absolutely. I love Aaron Jones. I have not ranked my running backs yet uh, for the site, so I do not have an exact number. But uh, if he's going 16th off the board, that seems like a pretty good deal to me. Um, He's right around the Dalvin Cook, right around the Joe Mixon area. um, And it sounds like he's a couple spots later than those two, uh, maybe even five or six running backs. um, Because I think you said Dalvin Cook's going 11th off the board. Yeah. Uh, right right yeah. now, if I'm, if I'm looking at it, it's Cook 11th, Chubb, Damian Williams, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Foreman, all go, or Devontae Freeman, all go ahead of Aaron Jones. Yeah, it's a toss-up between him and Damian Williams for me. I mean, those are both guys with a lot of potential. Those are both guys with starting roles and in good offenses. Uh, I love, and we've all loved what we've seen out of Aaron Jones in his, in his first two years of the league. Um, he has great bursts at times, and um I think this is a, a great fit for him, and I think uh, this is a guy that you can get in the in the third round that could end up being a first round value if things uh, fall the right way for him. Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. There, a guy you can definitely get later in the drafts. Let's go on to the last one here. Sorry, Detroit faithful. The Detroit Lions are still going to be hashtag bad. Um, yes, six and ten last year. You know, because Green Bay should be better. The the Vikings will be competitive, and the Bears will be really good. So, yeah, it's going to be tough, Lions. 
Matthew Stafford's still under center there. They're going to probably be behind a lot having to throw it. You're getting them free. Is there any interest in a guy like Matthew Stafford? There's just – there's so much depth at quarterback that I just <laughs> – yep. I, I don't – It's tough. I don't see my, yeah, I, I don't see myself ending up with him. Um, I think he'll end up on a lot of waiver wires uh, after drafts. So, I mean, you can make your decision from there. Um, it's not someone – I. Like I, I mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo earlier, that's someone I'd rather have. Um, maybe Andy Dalton too. Um, Sam Darnold, I like uh, like seeing him with uh, the new coaching staff, even though you hate Adam Gase and for good reason. But um, th- there's nothing that really intrigues me. There's no real, real upside. There's no real potential for this besides uh, them falling behind. I mean, there's no Golden Tate there anymore. Uh, we'll talk about Kenny Galladay and we'll talk about Marvin Jones. Um, but there's just there's nothing that really excites me about taking Matthew Stafford. Yeah, he's, he's quarterback 23 off the board right now. Like you said, he'll be on the waiver wires. He can maybe fill in a bye week. Maybe, you know, you see the defenses are really bad certain weeks and you stream him. He's going to have a game here or there. But as a whole, it's going to be very tough to trust a guy like Matthew Stafford. Uh, you mentioned the receivers. You got Megatron Jr., Kenny Galladay, who's been awesome at times, but again, it's the Detroit Lions. You got Marvin Jones, mm-hmm. who's been awesome at times as well. Uh, no Golden Tate there, so one less mouth to feed. Two pretty good uh, receivers there. Danny yeah. Amendola is even there out of the slot, possibly where Golden Tate was. If you want to get really weird, but I think Marvin Jones and Galladay <laughs> is where you want to focus. where you want to focus. So, what do you like here? Nothing. Uh, maybe Marvin <laughs> Jones. Maybe Marvin Jones at his price. Um, Kenny Dow- Kenny Galladay, I have him as my 25th, uh, 25th receiver off the board, and I'm getting torched for it by uh, the thickest sausage boys, or at least be done. Um, <laughs> the ceiling's just too low for me. Um, like I said, I like the higher ceiling guys like Dante Pettis, Tyler Lockett in that area. Um, he's going as far as uh, in the top 20, and it's – with this bad of an offense, like I, I don't want to take Kenny Galladay in the top twenty. Um, I mean, uh, he had seventy some catches for barely over a thousand yards last year. Like, what's telling you that he can do much more than that? Um, just really low ceiling for me. Marvin Jones, um, I'd like to have him on my roster just for the fact that he's a, a, a consistent performer. Um, he does it week after week. I mean, um, the the floor is pretty high with him. Uh, for and if you have if you have bye week trouble or something, you can throw him into your wide receiver three slot or your flex spot, and uh, you can probably count on a pretty decent day. But I'm with you. It's real tilting with these guys. There's always one or two teams each time we do a preview where it's like, okay, these are the players. Fantasy-wise, it's going to be tricky. Like, I don't even want to talk yeah, about the tight yeah. ends. I, like, we can just pass the tight ends if you're good with that. Well, Jesse we, can, we can talk about TJ Hawkinson. He's a first-round draft pick. But, I mean, it's pretty standard here. Like, uh, tight ends struggle in their rookie season. So, <laughs> Yep. And Matthew Stafford's quarterback. In Matthew Stafford's quarterback. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean yeah. – no remember how, remember how many years Eric Ebron was tied in there and then he goes to Indy for one year and has like 15 touchdowns? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty um, crazy. 
but last but not least, I do want to talk about Kerry and Johnson because I, I yeah. would imagine that they're going to want to try to pound the rock as much as possible and try to slow down the opponent. He's the 20th back off the board. The talent is there. He's going after guys like uh, Marlon Mack, Josh Jacobs, and Derrick Henry. Do you, what, what's your kind of take on Kerry and Johnson right now as we're getting closer to draft season? That's that's pretty much a spot for him right there at around 20. I mean, um, ahead of guys like Mark Ingram. I mean, this is a, this is a year before that, before that group. Um, listen, Kerryon Johnson could have a pretty big season, but he's got to be healthy. Um, he's going to get a ton of miles on him. Um, he can end up being that volume back that ends up being profitable for uh, being the 20th running back off the board. Uh, this is the guy that I, I do like targeting. But do you ever have those guys that you want to target? And you're like, oh, I'm finally going to get this guy. I'm finally going to get this guy. And it comes to the roundabout where they're going off. You're looking at the draft board. He's like fourth or fifth down. You're like, all right. And then you just see a name that you like more. Like that's oh, yeah. always carry, that's always carry on Johnson for me. Like he's a guy that I like, but I just never, ever pull the trigger on. I've done five or six best ball drafts this year. And I, I don't think I have him once. And he's actually a player that I like. Let, let, let's have some fun with this thing because I did it not just running backs. I'm just going overall draft board right now. Yeah. Um, so you got Carryon Johnson's 38th off the board in the PPR league. Uh, we mentioned a couple receivers already: Stefan Diggs, AJ Green. Do you like Carryon Johnson more? Or do you want those two? Stefan Diggs, I think I would take. Um, it all depends on roster construction, but if I'm at, um, you know, if I'm at one run or if I'm at one tight end, one running back and one wide receiver, I think I'd lean towards uh Stefan Diggs. I think I'd rather have carry on Johnson than AJ Green. I'm just not an AJ Green guy. A uh, couple picks after carry on Johnson at pick 40s Julian Edelman at pick 43s Robert <clears throat> Woods. How do you look at those two? Uh if it's PPR I'd like to have Julian Edelman. Um if it's standard I'd probably take carry on Johnson over both. Okay, so yeah, he's just, he, like he says, it's not like a lock thing with him. It's kind of like, okay, this is who I want here, but there's going to be something around it. Like, would you rather carry on Johnson at pick 38 or roll the dice on a David Montgomery at 48? Oh, God, I think I would still rather have carry on Johnson. Okay, but at least you had to, you had to sweat that one for a second. That's good. That's well, all yeah, I need to hear. I mean, David Montgomery's going to be good. It's just a matter of how many touches he's going to get. Like, I know you said you haven't done your rankings yet, but it seems like the hype train is in hard on David Montgomery. Um, where do you think as a justifiable draft slot? To me, it feels like he's definitely going to go earlier than he should go. But if yeah, you I want think, him, you're going to have to probably pay a price. I think it's probably a round later. Um, okay. I think uh, probably the Rashad Penny area, like round seven, is probably where I think his value will end up being. Um kind of the Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, because, uh, I mean, shit, he, yeah. Sorry for cussing. I don't know. That's fine. On the show. Okay. Um, let, let loose. I, I mean, Chris Carson, look how, look how well he performed last year. And I'm pretty sure they're going like pretty much right around the same area. Um, I mean, you can, you can look that up. I, I mean, it's not more than a round apart. Yeah. yeah they're about a round or two at the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, those are, there's proven names and then there's names with uh, less uh, less baggage in the way than David Montgomery. But then again, David Montgomery could end up being uh, an absolutely great value. 
yeah, no, he's, yeah, Chris Carson, 10 picks behind Montgomery. Um, yeah, it, it yeah, could be why, really, why really wouldn't you wait around and why wouldn't you wait around and take, uh, take uh, Chris Carson and then, you know, handcuff him with uh, Rashad Penny a, another yeah. round or two later. I mean, that's definitely a backfield that you want to have. I like it. I like it. Fun discussions. Fun discussions as always with my buddy Matt Bowie here of Razball. That wraps us up for the AFC and the NFC North discussion here. A little preview before uh, we wrap up all the divisions and get positional here in a few weeks. Before we wrap up, Matt, again, plug the heck out of Razball.com and everything you guys got going on. Yeah, uh, football.rasball.com. You can follow me at rasball.mb. Once again, if you missed the beginning of the show because you were uh, arguing with someone on your text message while you were dri- while you were driving, hopefully not driving or at work, and uh, you missed the whole Rasball spiel, uh, we are running a modified best ball contest. If you're listening to this on Thursday, there's still time to register. Um, It'll be best ball format with $10 of fab every week. It'll keep you engaged. You're playing against uh, some of the best names in, in the industry. Uh, Nando Delfino, Brad, uh, Brad Evans, uh, Bubba, <laughs> um, yep. Rudy Gamble. I mean, yep. Danny Kelly. I mean, they're, it's just name after name after name. Craig Mish, who's uh, really good friends with Gray. All my whole Razzball staff is going to be involved in this. They're going to have a team. Uh, slow drafts, four-hour clock. It's ran on uh, uh, NFFC, which is um, – you've probably played in NFBC if you're if you're uh, a fancy baseball player and you're playing in um, some leagues with some stakes or TGFBI. But um, this is it's going to be a, your chance to play against uh, a lot of your favorite analysts. Um, there's a better chance of you getting into this than you getting into Scott Fishbowl nine or ten. Or Scott Fishbowl nine is already done, but much better chance of getting into this than getting into Scott Fishbowl ten. Uh, so give us a shot. Uh, I am running through all of my rankings right now. I have my uh, QBs, tight ends, and I'm halfway through my wide receivers. Uh, we hired a couple guys, uh, Raswell Pat, and uh, you probably see him. Uh, he's quite the character on Twitter. What a boof. Um, yeah. Yep, he's quite the character. Uh, they're both fantastic writers. I mean, they're a breath of fresh air. Um, Zach's been writing a ton of uh, a ton of air yard stuff, a lot of diving into the metrics. Um, Nick Romero, who's a great dude, I hired him as staff this year. Um, he's been running through all the division previews. They're super in depth, and it's uh, it's been a great year. It's been a great summer at Razzball. I think uh, we've taken quite quite the step up and I think people are starting to notice uh on the football side we're, we're not just a baseball site yep you guys are doing awesome things over there it's always fun chatting with all the guys over there at Razzball and uh it'll be a fun season coming up with football I can't wait for the Razzball as we start drafting Monday but like Matt said Monday li- morning yep when you listen to this you know Thursday or Friday you can still apply I think it stops sometime on Friday so fill out your forms figure it all out it's gonna be freaking awesome I can't wait. But as always, Matt, thanks for joining me on another episode of Bench with Bubba. We'll do it again sometime. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. All right, everybody. This is Bench with Bubba, episode 192, your AFC and NFC North fantasy football previews. Catch you guys later.
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.